1: We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our
0: listeners. We respect that. In this week's show, we are talking about key topics when it comes to supporting that healthy BMI, which we know is particularly important for those listeners who are hoping to have fertility treatment in the near future. So we are going to be talking about meal prep, decision fatigue, and accountability. And we're going to start with meal prep, which I know is something Roshin, or I'm going to call you a kitchen expert, Roisin. This is a particular area that Roshin genuinely is really into, so Roshin, go on to tell us why do you love talking about meal prep and food so much? I'm
1: such an evangelist for meal prep
0: because it fundamentally
1: was the key to my weight loss. So, slight backstory for anyone who doesn't know, after I had my second baby, I just couldn't shift the weight. I had difficult pregnancies. I had a thing called hyperemesis. It's a rampant morning sickness. And therefore, you're never satiated. You're always hungry. I never knew where I was with my food. And I was always trying to get more food in because obviously you're growing a baby. In the final analysis after I had Sophie, two things were true at that point. One, I had gained more weight than I had ever gained. And I wasn't a particularly big person before I, I had my kids. I wasn't an experienced dieter. And the other thing is, I just didn't understand the impact of trying to lose weight really quickly, which is what I tried to do, which I think is what a lot of women will be trying to do for their BMI before they start their fertility treatment. It can lead to yo-yo dieting. I got myself into a real fluster where I would lose a lot of weight very quickly through really reducing my calories. And then I would have a biscuit. It would fly back on. And I just seemed to be in this perpetual kind of yo-yo. So I had to really look into dieting for the first time to get myself out of that paralysis. And meal prep was my way out you plan your food when you're not hungry you make your food when you're not hungry and then you eat your food when you are
0: hungry can you just give us those three things again because that was brilliant so you plan when you're not hungry
1: you plan when you're not hungry you cook when you're not hungry and you eat when you are hungry
0: yeah that, I love that actually I might get that on the old Instagram that's a good one because we make our mistakes when we're hungry That's when
1: our barrier comes down and your body will get that food. I'm telling you, it will override your all the will (laughs) in the world is not going to keep you away from a bit of yogurt that's left in a pot, a piece of bread that's left on the side. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of meal prep, which is you've gone through the effort of doing it. It's there. It's available. It's in front of you. You don't want to. You really want a Mars bar. But Mm -hmm. again, that's the difference between psychologically being hungry and actually being hungry. If you can't finish the meal that you have prepared for yourself, yep. it's, it's not the food at that point. So I found that once I got my prep game on, mm-hmm. and there's a reason why all the gym bunnies do it, it's yep. because it takes away decision fatigue. You run
0: out of road. I can assure you when you're hungry, there's no good decision. Certain foods give you energy and certain foods just sit there and the store as fat. And obviously the ones that sit there and store as fat are the biscuits and the Mars bar. And don't get me wrong, they are delicious things, but they don't actually do anything for you. And then they just sit there and store as fat. You want to be eating the foods that fill you up and actually give you energy. And if you do that, you then feel full. You don't reach for the biscuit half an hour later. So it isn't just about the calories, because honestly, I'm a bit funny about calories. I'm rubbish with calories. I've never done a calorie restricted diet. Um, And again, speaking to nutritionists such a massive part of it is just eating that really good quality food sure. it's like putting petrol in your car you, you want it to be as clean as possible so you give it the best quality food if your gran wouldn't recognize what it was then don't eat it you know like sure. if it's wrapped and if it's in all this fancy packaging and your gran would be like this is not food the biscuit and the mars bar yes they taste good but you will be hungry again
1: yeah and actually it spirals you as well and this is Purely self-interest now is that I don't do it. Why? Because I'm not getting any nutritional value. So I'm not getting anything from my hair, anything from my nails. It's gone in 30 seconds because I hoover chocolate. And then I'm <laughs> instantaneously looking around for something else. So it's not even going to satiate me. It's not going to help with my digestion. It's not going to help with there's no fibre. It's not going to help me poo properly. It's not going to help me with any of it. No, it
0: isn't.
1: If I'm going to have something chocolatey and wonderful i'll look for a protein bar alternative at Mm -hmm. least i'm going to get some protein with it or Mm -hmm. for like a nut bar a kind bar with all the nuts and stuff because i'm going to get fats i'm going to get protein i'm going to get fiber from it i'm still Mm -hmm. having something sweet and those decisions are best made when you're doing your grocery shop so what i do is on a sunday put the roast on let it do its thing while i'm doing that that's when i prep Mm -hmm. And that's when I update the grocery shop and you make really sensible decisions and efficiency, which is the other bit of meal prep. It's a really efficient way to run your kitchen. You have all the food there. It's all ready to go throughout the week. You can go, well, what worked? What didn't?
0: Yeah, it's efficient and especially with finances, you waste less food because you can use all of the bits, you put it all together, you don't have half a carrot left, you use the half a carrot in something else, it doesn't sit in your fridge for the next two weeks and then go mouldy. So it's definitely very efficient, it's time efficient, it's money efficient and it's just good for you as a person and it's good for your body and it means that in the week, like you've just said, everything's sorted. Very quickly before we move on to decision fatigue, which which obviously with my psychology head on, I am particularly interested in. Just to help our listeners out, you've made all this food, right? Let's say you've made food for a week or at least half a week. Where are you going to keep it all? Yeah, you have to
1: like what you're going to eat. Fundamentally, it has to be nice. It has to, you have to enjoy it because Mm -hmm. otherwise you will waste it and you won't eat it. A meat, a fish, an egg with... A salad or veg, you need to get your carbs in there. So you got your brown rice, sweet potato, whatever your gig is, eat the, yeah, rainbow, the rainbow kind of stuff. Yeah. So when you're eating the rainbow, the rainbow can go off quick. If I'm prepping, sorry of the week, it's stuffed with salad. If I want stuffed with salad, I'm eating that Monday, Tuesday, because it, it's going to start looking pretty yes. horrific. If you wanted to make a soy glaze salmon with uh, some salad, I like a little ginger and soy glaze.
0: I'm a little ginger, Rochelle.
1: Yes, you are. <laughs> you can get containers please don't use the plastic ones you can get glass ones or you can just use a bowl with some cling film or some wrap on the top make your salad but make it dry have your pre-prepared fish or chicken you can buy them either cooked or poached or you can make it if you want to and then make your salad dressing have that in a jar and just bring it together so all mm-hmm. i do is i buy the pre-poached Salmon, bang that on the plate, heat that up. Well, that's happening. I'm dressing the salad and playing together. That's my lunch. Mm. Dinner, one of the greatest hacks that I've come across is cauliflower rice. It bulks up a meal. So if you want to sort of chicken breast with cauliflower rice mixed with brown rice, you can get steam bags of veg, which I also mm-hmm. use. So that is when the chicken is reheating or cooking from scratch in the oven, you are giving the cauliflower rice three minutes in the microwave. You can do your bread rice in advance, but only keep it for two days. Okay, two days Mm -hmm. for your bread rice. You have to redo it. I don't necessarily create the full meal together because anything you get wet won't last. Keep your Mm. sauce separate. I also plan in snacks. I tend to like protein based snacks because they fill you for longer essentially Mm -hmm. that's what protein does it's really good if you'd like to go and do workouts like me and you do it's really Mm -hmm. good for your muscles and rebuilding you and all that kind of thing but there is some wicked like protein pots out there there's some brilliant protein Mm -hmm. bars it satiates you it gives you the sweetness but it doesn't give you the fall afterwards
0: Mm -hmm. and please please enjoy what you eat Roshin and I love food. And I just want to make this very clear on this podcast. Um, We used to live together. So for people that don't know, Roshin and I actually know each other because many a year ago, I ended up doing a house share in Roshin's house. So we have actually lived together before. There was a whole crew of us, including Doodle the dog. Yeah, We love food. And um, we've both spent a lot of time, I think, working and having a healthy relationship with food. So it's none of what we're talking about today is in a negative way and it's like Roshan said it's to make sure that you get in the right nutrients it's not restricting it's eating healthily but making sure you get in all of the good stuff I think really what I like about what you're saying Roshan is it's it's just about being mindful which is what I'm very very aware of and it's just about being mindful and like you said sometimes when you have a Mars bar you eat it because You want to eat it for emotional reasons. And now the thing, and we're all going to do that. I think the thing is, if you're mindful of that, then at least you know, at least you're aware. You're like, I'm eating this because I feel sad. You know, whatever the reason is, at least you're mindful of it. And I think that's the first step. Because if you're eating it and and you're not mindful of why you're eating it, then that's another level. So for me, just a big, a good practice to get into is just being a little bit more mindful of, of what we're eating so that you can make healthier choices. And it's never going to be 100% of the time. It never is. The eighty twenty rule is a good one here. Certainly.
1: And the other thing that is truly important is it's not the worst thing in the world. You don't have to go yeah. on a either a rampage no. or, well, to hell with it. I've eaten, yeah. I'm going in now. Or the opposite, which is equally tragic, and we all do it, which is I'm bad. I, you know, I've effed this up so badly. I'm weak. I'm this. I'm that. It's like you're not. There is literally billions, billions and billions and billions of pounds that have been injected into the food industry for years to get you. To get to that, that as well. to get you to that point where it's just like this is gonna fulfill the hole in my heart rather than the hole in my belly. Yeah. Everyone succumbs
0: to their advice. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone does. Please don't feel bad. We we are absolutely not about that. We love food. We we just we're just saying just be mindful. Roshan and I both love Mars bars. You know, we've eaten many a chocolate bar in our life. We're just, we're trying to promote healthy. But there is no shaming here. This is not what we're about. Healthy diet, everything in moderation, even moderation. Putting
1: your psychologist's head on, why do we Mm. get decision fatigue?
0: It's, It's to do with really just being hugely overwhelmed. It's, it's this idea of your cup being full, which I actually love as an analogy for many things. It works um, very well for grief as well. So it's this idea that your cup is already full and we are limited in the day in terms of your kind of psychological expenditure. You know, and obviously you, you can build that up, but basically your cup is full. You've made so many decisions that day that you've run out of steam, you know, you need a rest. And it's a really interesting idea And when I was looking into this for the show, there's a lot of kind of anecdotal stories of people like Obama, who would really go to efforts to limit the decisions they were making on the kind of less significant things like, what am I going to wear today? There's lovely stories about they had two options, you know, they had this suit or this suit, they didn't have to choose from five, and it just made things a lot easier. It's like a you're full you know you're done you can only make so many decisions in the day to be honest any type of situation really whether you're at home let's say you already have children and maybe you're experiencing secondary infertility just getting through the morning with a child you know i'm not complaining i love my children very much and i'm very grateful for them but trying to get through the morning when you're trying to choose the healthy snacks and you're trying to choose the clothes to wear and you're trying to choose what to do you've already made about 8 million decisions and it's only 10 o'clock in the morning people in jobs um, there's a lot of decisions to be made, especially if in a position of responsibility. So by the time you get to lunch, let's say you go down to the, the office canteen or wherever it is you work, and you're presented with all of these options. You can have the jacket and cheese, you can have the salad bar, you can have the soup and a sandwich, but you can also have the burger and the pizza. And of course, when you're already fatigued and you're basically, you're, you're full already and you haven't had a rest yet, it's very easy to go for the, the sugary food that's going to give that instant hit of energy, and you haven't got the decisional kind of capacity to think clearly anymore you're out you're topped out so you go for the burger and the chips and again there's no judgment here we've all done it it's you're full you can't do it anymore
1: a while ago i would have said that it's our willpower failing Mm. us we've held the line and we've held the line and we've held the line all day it's throughout the day it's kind of compounding
0: no this is super super interesting and we've talked about this on previous podcasts and last night Julia Young and I were doing our last live session with our fitness and nutrition course. And we were talking a lot about motivation. And I was sitting there with my my vanilla honey tea. And I intentionally had that because I'd had my dinner... I know there is white chocolate sitting in that cupboard downstairs and I love white chocolate. And I knew that I would be doing the the course last night, like the last live session, around the time where I really want chocolate. So what I made sure I already did was I had the cup out with the teabag in already. Because of decision fatigue, I'd made a lot of decisions yesterday. And I knew that by the time I got to eight o'clock last night, I would be out. So I just made sure that I didn't have to make the decisions. The cup was there in front of me. And I was very open to the group. Like I said, I am I'm drinking this because I like it, but I'm trying not to eat that chocolate that I know is in the cupboard behind mm. me. And I would like to say last night, it did work. It doesn't always work, but last night it worked. But a lot of that was decision fatigue. I knew that it would be very difficult for me to resist if I had to make the decision then and there. Yeah. So I planned for it earlier. I had the tea bag out, it looks nice i even have a particular mug that i like because i'm very specific about my mugs they need to be the right weight and the right handle and the right shape i do not like a square mug who drinks out of a square mug i mean anyway but i didn't even have to choose my mug okay and this is a true story i've got a really nice one and i enjoy drinking out of it but that's just a little thing it's just a little thing but it meant i didn't eat the chocolate bar Tomorrow or on Friday night, I will happily have a chocolate bar because I like chocolate. And there are going to be nights where I am delighted to have some chocolate. But it just means I'm not doing it every night.
1: It's a really good observation you've made about the type of cup that you like, because yeah, uh, my husband uh, was trying to drink more water
0: mm.
1: and it's like, how do you drink lots of water? We don't We really like water. Well, first of all, you realize, well, if I have sparkling water, That's nicer. And then he put in it like cordial, but it's like the zero sugar cordial thing. And then he'd have it with ice. And then it's just like an event drink. It's like, a oh, I'm having Mm. something nice. And who doesn't like to have stuff that's nice? Now it's in the morning he has his pitcher and he fills up his bottles with this and and the fruit. You know, when you put all the fruit and all of that kind of infusion stuff in. And now it's like a joy. But essentially he's just taking something bog standard basic as water and he's made it really personal and made it a bit yeah. of a luxury in his life just like holding the weight of that teacup which is really important because there is compromises when you come to dieting you cannot lose weight unless you regulate your diet simple as you can't run from a bad diet you can't exercise your way through it Mm-mm. so therefore there is always going to be that sense of i can't have i'm not allowed to or that's not for me now but if you replace that with things that you actually also like
0: I'm also aware that when we talk, a lot of these things sound really obvious. We're not in any way trying to patronize, but these small things, I so believe that they make a difference because the point is they're small, which means they are relatively easy to do. Me having a favorite mug is hilarious um, and my family will also find this hilarious, but it makes a big difference to me because a treat for me is to have a lovely drink in my nice mug and I will sit down and I will enjoy it. And it does save me eating something that is perhaps less healthy. And it sounds like a really small thing, but over time, it really, really makes a big difference. So these little things, I I really genuinely believe in. I think they can really make a big, big difference. So it's just try it. You know, if get yourself a favourite mug or get yourself a nice glass to put your water in. Put a little bit of orange in it or cucumber or whatever and just, you know, spruce it up a bit.
1: Yeah, they're all building blocks, tiny, tiny little building blocks to a better habit. And then we talked about habits before, because yeah. you can go hard line, guys, if you want, you can have... Insipid water, you can sit there and they say, I'm not going to eat anything. I, I am on a food ban. I'm not doing mm. it. I'm not falling again. I'm going to lose 10 stone. That's, you know, I'm going to do it in four weeks. It's not going to work. You have to like every bit of the process, including the process itself. And we always go back to that. We have to start with the goal in mind. The goal is to reduce your BMI in order to get your fertility medication, to get the treatment that you deserve.
0: You deserve. And this is what I was just going to touch into before we um, just move on to accountability is two things is the whole point of this is your why, which is what we're always coming back to. And again, we were laughing in group last night because I went to the gym yesterday. I did one of my, my workouts. Happy to admit I didn't enjoy it like I. It was hard. I was doing these like mountain climbers to push-ups, did three sets of those. I was like, boom, nailing it. Got to the fourth one. My arms were like, no, love, we're done. Did I quit? I wanted to quit. No, I just modified. So again, I am actually proud to say I went onto my knees for the push-ups because, and the reason I'm proud of that is because I didn't quit. Yes, it was hard. My shoulders were on fire, people. Like they were burning. And by the way, they look good today. Okay. They look good. I'm in my strappy tops, you know. But my point is, I didn't quit and I didn't enjoy the workout. Usually I do. I enjoyed 95%. Yesterday wasn't that day. But I'm proud of myself because I didn't quit. I just made healthy decisions and went on my knees. Just try your best and keep going. And the other thing that I just wanted to, to tap back into, which is really interesting, is what you just said about willpower. And the idea is, people used to say, if you ate the chocolate bar, if I if I'd gone in the cupboard and had my white chocolate, part of the cycle you get into is... I don't have the willpower. My willpower has failed. And that's a problem because you're blaming yourself. And there's a whole area of cognitive psychology here. And try not to blame yourself because you then carry that with you. It's not your fault. Sometimes through decision fatigue, you did your best. You just maxed out for the night. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a character flaw. It's not that everyone else has willpower and you
1: don't. And sometimes it can feel like that when you think everyone else is achieving their weight loss goals or their BMIs in the right. So this is a process. And it's a process process and with all the will in the world, it will come off as it comes off. Those habits will change while you're doing it and they will be coming great. I'm always amazed that accountability
0: works so well and it really does. Mm. Accountability, it just means you're being visible. And the number one reason people come and see me is for accountability. Because I always ask people, I want to understand them, what's your reason? It's accountability. And they just, they can't hide. People come to the realisation that actually, if no one can see you, it's very easy to skip the workouts. But with accountability, that just means you are holding yourself accountable to someone else. If it's me, the way everything works is I will... Check in and I will say hello and I always laugh and I always say to my clients quite often all I have to do is send a little message that says hey how you doing today and I get reply going I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm, I'm doing my workout today and I've literally just said hey how you doing and I laugh every time but it works it works but the idea is it's just someone to to help keep track and to check in on you basically. Just before we wrap this up, key things to look at when it comes to accountability and the fertility journey. And this is, again, where I would say it is different to a normal fitness journey. You must have a trainer that understands that your fertility needs are different to your normal shredding for the wedding or shredding for the summer goals. They must understand your menstrual cycle. They must understand that it might be around ovulation, that you stuff your face with chocolate because your hormones want the chocolate and you are going to do that every month. You know, it might they have to understand. It's only going to happen once a month, but they need to understand that. Um, Please make sure your trainer understands that for you, your why is not getting into your bikini, which is fine. Your why is you want the baby and it's a serious journey and your trainer needs to take that seriously from you. And they need to understand the emotional roller coaster of the two week wait, of the ovulation testing, of the diagnosis of PCOS, of the diagnosis of endometriosis, the shocker of a diagnosis of unexplained infertility or fibroids. So the accountability is really important, but that trainer needs to hold you to accountability, but also bearing in mind all of those things as well. Sure. So I would never tell someone off. Well, a ever, because that's just not in me at all. But I certainly would never hold anyone to task if they had a binge around ovulation, because I get that your hormones and I would never hold anyone to task anyway. But all I'm trying to say is accountability does work, but you must make sure your trainer genuinely is invested in your journey and understands that this is really, really important to you. Accountability with understanding,
1: isn't uh, it? Yes,
0: yes. Friendly accountability, accountability with understanding. I will still check in with my clients. I will still send them messages. I will phone them. But if you tell me you had a visit with Wanda yesterday and you didn't do your workout, I get that. And that's okay.
1: And also, I do eat way more before I ovulate. I've
0: noticed that just yeah. over the
1: years. You know, yeah. when you think, why am I so hungry? it's because yeah. your
0: hormones yeah absolutely what will we be discussing next week next week we will be following on very nicely from today's episode we will be looking at cycle tracking not as in you know the Olympians on the bikes cycle tracking as in menstrual cycle tracking how it affects your workout and we're also going to look at working out with endometriosis and that is a super interesting topic all on its own so I can't wait brilliant thank you so much for listening to this week's show remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate comment and really importantly share with your friends especially our trying to conceive sisters you never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help this may come as a surprise but we are not doctors
1: so we strongly recommend that you consult your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program get everything checked first your safety is our priority this has been a worth a listen production